Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Broadcasting Company presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for tonight is called The Hat, The Bed, and John J. Catherine. When I talk to you about John J. Catherine, I'm talking about me. I've got into more battles about my last name. I've had to make it clear to at least four million people that Catherine is my last name, not my first. And in the process, I have accumulated more numerous contusions, fractures, superficial abrasions, black eyes, and bloody noses than can readily be counted by one person. Now, I disregard my personal adventures in the field of fisticuffs for a moment and attune your shell-like ear to the singular story of the hat and the bed and me. However, don't get carried away to the extent of thinking of me as Kitty or Kate, or any of the other diminutives of my last name, or I am quite likely to wrap you smartly over the sconce with a stage brace. I much prefer, if you must be familiar, to be addressed by my usual sobriquet of Gentleman Johnny. However, I am just as happy when you call me Mr. Catherine. Just wanted to make myself perfectly clear. My profession is that of a stagehand. To continue our brief gander at my personal history and to orient you somewhat concerning myself, I have carried a card in the IATSE ever since the actor's strike, which more or less dates me. As a matter of fact, and strictly between you and I, uh, me, there was a time when I entertained certain ambitions myself. When I left Rockford as a young man, valedictorian of my class at Rockford High, I studied with Christensen in Chicago for four months. Then the lamented Thomas Wood Stevens once said that I had legs like Bert Lytell's. And though I have devoted my energies to another phase of the theater for lo these many years, I am still able to offer slight competition to these young upstarts who people the stage today. Indeed, I very often linger after an evening performance to try my slightly decrepit wings alone in the house at midnight. Nay... I will win my wager better yet and show more signs of her obedience, her new-built virtue and obedience. See where she comes and brings your froward wives as prisoners to her womanly persuasion. Why, there's a wench. Come and kiss me, Kate. The bar taming of the shoe, Act 5, Scene 2, Petruchio speaking to Katharina. I could go on for three days. Before you go on for three days, Mr. Catherine, suppose you step over here and give these boys a hand with the scenery for the next act, huh? And make it snappy, Mr. Catherine? That our boy, Mr. Catherine. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt. Hamlet Act One, Scene Two. John Catherine been telling you how he'd have wowed him in Grand Rapids if he'd stuck to his first love, the theater? Don't you listen to it. First thing you know, we'll have you talked into angeling a production of Shakespearean repertory in somebody's cow barn for the summer. Starring John J. Catherine as King Lear, Macbeth, Shylock, and assorted King's Henry. And I'm not going to let anybody spoil the best stagehand I ever saw to make a fourth-rate ham actor out of him. Not that he isn't a fourth-rate ham actor already. Me? I'm Evelyn Pierce. I produce plays and things. 
and I think John J. Catherine hates my <clears throat> viscera. I don't mean to be mean to John. I like him. But we got work to do putting on a play, and that's the stagehand's business. Oh, hello, John. Back so quickly? Miss Pierce, I quit. Again, John? For positively the last, final, definitive time, Miss Pierce, I quit. I am done. I resign. I will take it up with the union if need be, but I un unequivocably, is that it? Mm -hmm. Unequivocably resign. Is that clear, Miss Pierce? Quite, John. But why, if you please? That set dresser. What set dresser? That, that man, that unspeakable man that goes around putting things on things, flowers on tables and telephone books on stands, candlesticks on the mantel. He put my hat on the bed. Oh. And so, Miss Pierce, I... Unequivocably resign. It is so. Fare you well. Where are you going, John? I said I quit, Miss oh, B. Where are you going? I am going to the morticians. I am going, Miss Pierce, to the morticians to talk over certain details. Details of what, John? A funeral, Miss Pierce. A funeral, John? My funeral, Miss Pierce. I don't quite understand you, John. Miss Pierce, are you unaware that a hat placed on a bed is a sure sign of death? Please omit the flowers, Miss Pierce. did, John. Is there something I can do for you? Yes, ma'am. Yes, Miss Pierce. Well, what? I was taking a nap. You were asleep. I was. I'm tired. I didn't get much sleep last night. No? Nor the night before, either. Sleep that knits up the raveled sleeve of care. Macbeth, Act 2, Scene 2. Death's counterfeit, Act 2, Scene 3. It scares me. What scares you? Macbeth? Sleep. I'm afraid to go to sleep. Oh, I'm so sleepy. Well, can I do something for you, John? I could tell you about my dream. Well, John, really, I'm afraid. So am I. Something's got to be done. You want me to do something? You mean you want to come back to work, John? I want to tell you about my dream, Miss Pierce. Well, come on in. Well, thank you. Sit down, John. Thank you. Will I light a cigarette? Cigarette, John? I don't smoke, Miss Pierce. Oh, yes, I forgot. Well? I hardly know where to begin. I haven't got much time. I know. Neither have I. Go ahead, John. Well, the hat, you know, and the bed. It's only a superstition, John. That's what people say. I didn't know you were superstitious. Well, I don't know whether I am or not. I'm so sleepy all the time, I can't remember things. I don't know what... Oh, I don't know. Now, see here, John. Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm just afraid of dying. Are you afraid of dying, Miss Pierce? I've never thought of it, especially. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to die. You see, I know what it's like. Kind of. Now, John, if that's all... Oh, I... listen. I was really scared when I left the theater last night. I really did call up a mortician to arrange 
things, you know. Said you were. I couldn't get him on the phone. So after a while, I lay down as one who wraps the drapery of his couch about him. And lies down to peaceful dreams, Thanatopsis, William Cullen Bryant. Yeah, thank you. But I didn't dream, peacefully or unpeacefully. But you said you did. No, ma'am, I just went to sleep. But you said you dreamed, John. You said you wanted to tell me your dream. That's what you said. I know. When I woke up, it was real late. Really late, I mean. Very late, it was dark, black dark. I could hardly see the light from the window. Couldn't see it at all, as a matter of fact. Black dark, and I was so thirsty. I, I had to have a drink of water, my mouth was just parched. Sleeping with your mouth open. I suppose. Well, after a while, I couldn't stand it any longer, so I got up. Now, the bathroom's here, you see. My bed is like this, and the dresser's over here. And there's a chair. Mm-hmm. I got up, and I couldn't find the light switch. I knew I could find my way in the dark to the bathroom all right, and I did. I got my drink of water, and my goodness, it tasted good. And then I started back to bed. When I came back, the bed was gone. <coughs> there wasn't any bed. There wasn't any chair where I knew the chair was. And the dresser was gone, too. There wasn't anything in the room. John, you were dreaming. No, I wasn't dreaming. I wandered around there in the dark for ever so long. There wasn't anything in the room, I tell you. My gracious, Miss Pierce, I can walk three steps from my bathroom door right to the edge of my bed. It's a little low bed. I'd bump it with my knee. It's a little room, Miss Pierce. You can't walk around there in the light without bumping into something. The chair or the dresser or the bed or the little table. I, I forgot where I keep my collected plays of Shakespeare right kind of by my bed. Where the light is. I couldn't find a light. I couldn't find any light. No, I don't understand it, John. Because of the hat on the bed. Oh, John. That's right. Just because you had a bad dream. Wasn't a dream. You said you wanted to tell me your dream. The only way I could think to describe it. But it wasn't a dream, just a big empty place. Dark, black dark, empty. I've been very badly frightened, Miss Pierce. What happened when you waked up, John? I wasn't asleep. It wasn't a dream. It, it was a kind of preview of death, Miss Pierce. Oh, no, John, a dream. Now, don't sit there and shake your head, John. I've had dreams like that myself. Extraordinarily vivid dreams that leave me wondering when I wake up whether I... John, you're not listening to me. Oh, I'm so sleepy, Miss Pierce. Well, you're not going to sleep in my house now. I, I won't go to sleep, Miss Pierce. I'm afraid to go to sleep. Afraid of dreaming. I don't know what I'm afraid of. Well, uh, cigarette, John? I don't smoke, Miss Pierce. I forgot. It's all right. Well... It is an extraordinary experience, isn't it? Yes. Well, I, uh, I mean, well, why'd you come to tell me about it? Did you, I mean, I'll be glad to have you go back to work if you want to. You want to do that? No, no, I don't think so. I, I just wanted to tell you about it. Why me especially, John? Oh, gracious, don't you know? John, I'm very flattered, really, and you know, oh, you but... you don't know? Of course not. You were there. I was there. Yes, Miss Pierce. I've never heard anything so absurd in all my life. What was I doing there? In the dark. What were you doing? Why, 
I don't know what you were doing. You were just there. Now, John, that's absurd. How, how do you know I was there? You well, said it was I... dark. You, you couldn't see anything. You were there, Miss Pierce. John, I don't know what you're talking about. You're drunk or... I don't drink, Miss Pierce. And I wasn't at your house either. You know perfectly well I was. It wasn't at my house. You said... I said I came out of the bathroom and I thought it was my room. But it wasn't. It was just a great, big, dark, empty space. John, when was all this? Why, last night. Oh. I went right home from the theater, you know, and then I went to bed like I... When you saw the hat on the bed and you came to me and said you quit? Of course. Last night, I... John. Yes, ma'am? It was Thursday night you quit. What? Three days ago, not last night. Three days ago, John. Three days ago? Where have you been for three days, John? What? Why, I guess I've been dead. John, I think you'd better get the... What are you staring at? Miss Pierce, you... You got your hat on the bed. All right, John, come on. Come on where? I'm going to take my hat off the bed, John. It's too and... late now. Too late? Sign it, Dad. Oh, stop that nonsense. I'm going to put on my hat and get back to the theater. That play I'm trying to do will die the death of Don't right. talk that way. Stop it. Come on. You go back with me. Go back to work if you want to. Now, you see? See, I've got my hat. Now, let's go. Time to go, John. Something will happen to us, Miss Pierce. What? Get run over by a taxi? Don't, don't talk that way. Oh, stop it, Catherine. Miss Pierce? You know I don't like to be called by my last name. Sometimes I'm not sure whether that's your last name or your first. You're not to talk to me that way, Miss Pierce. All right, then. Stop acting like an old maid and come along if you're I coming. don't want you talking to me like that. All right, that. just stop talking nonsense, then, and come on with me. Coming? I said, are you coming with me? No, I'm not coming. John, I've got to. You're not going either. Now, look, this is silly. Why aren't you? I'm afraid. Well, you're not going to stay here. Please. No, come on. Now get up and come with me. Don't you go either. John, are you all right? I'm afraid. What am I going to do with you? The hat on the bed. That was a sign of death for me. And I died a little the other night, uh, whenever it was. You had a bad dream. Now your hat was on the bed. That's a sign of death for you. That's ridiculous. You're going to die. Now, John, I've listened to just about everything I'm going to listen to. You just get up out of that chair and come on. No. Yes. Please. John, would you like it if I left you here? No. Look, John, it's half past two, and I've got to be at the theater at three. Here, I'll put this nice pillow under your head. Now, won't that be nice and comfortable, John? So sleepy. Sure, Johnny Captain. You'll be all right. You just stay there nice in the big chair, and I'll go to the theater, and then I'll come back. You'll see. Oh, don't get killed. Of course I won't. I'll be all right, Johnny Catherine. And you'll be all right, too, right here. Go on. Go to sleep, Johnny. I'm afraid to go to sleep. Poor guy's all worn out. I'm afraid. Well, you sleep, boy. I'll be back around 10 o'clock. John. Oh, good heavens, it's quarter to three already. Oh, darn, I won't answer it. Oh, I'm late already, I tell you. All right, all right, all right. Yes. Oh, hello, Tony. 
Yes, I'm on my way to the theater. I haven't got a minute to talk. Yes, yes. Yes, I'll be home about 10, I hope. Matter of fact, I think you better. I'll tell you when I see you. Yes, here at the house. Well, I might have somebody I want you to get rid of. Wait. No, he's asleep. <laughs> no, I'm not living a life of sin. This is one of the stagehands from the John J. Catherine, no less. That's right, the distinguished Shakespearean actor and quoter. I don't know, potted, I think, or else he's losing his buttons. Too much King Lear, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, I'm leaving him here to sleep it off. Oh, hats on a bed, all that stuff. Oh, he's all right now, as long as I'm not here. Look, Tony, I'm late. Suppose you meet me here at the house around 10. <laughs> sure. If he's still here, I'll let you throw him out. I'm gonna run. Goodbye. I'll see you tonight. Bye. You all right, John Cassis? You sleep? John? Thank you very much, Miss Pierce. I find your drinking water excellent, although it could be just a spot colder. Miss Pierce, I dislike you intensely. I do not love thee, Dr. Fell, a reason why I cannot tell, but this I know and know for well I do not love thee, Miss Pierce. Although the why is not in my mind, in the mind of John J. Catherine, my friends, who might be the idol of millions, nay, billions, if Miss Evelyn Pierce, the eminent producer, would give him a chance to tread the... pardon me, tread the boards. Tread the boards in sock and buskin. Hand me my sock, Violet. I prithee trust my points, and I will reward thee with a cup of sack. Cup of sack, sack of cups. <laughs> trust my points, whatever that is, Wanba, and I will reward thee with a cup of sack. Yes. 
Sir Walter Scott must have been a little stiff when he wrote that. Thou hast looked upon the wine when it is red, Sir Walter. Thou hast looked upon it when it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adding machine. Yeah, thou art very funny this night, Sir John J. Catherine. Albeit a trifle corny, said I. Hey, I've got to get my large bulky carcass out of here before Miss Pierce comes back, or else Miss Pierce and I will get in the fight and then I won't get my job back. Much less get a job as a broad cheddar and sock and buskin. Remind me to ask Miss Pierce what is a buskin. I know what a sock is, Miss Pierce. A sock is what I'm going to give you in your pretty teeth if you don't stop being so mean to me to Sir John J. Catherine, the sock and buskin man from Rockford, Illinois. He had not to mention, forsooth, Bassanio, my head hangeth over. I am now undrunk. Well, they would, my fair and fair to middling friend, they would that thou would spiel to me whether this beldam hath perchance a small flagon of bourbon concealed on or about the premises. For I would drink of same and restore myself. <clears throat> Anon. Is there no way, as Pierre-Louis has the little girl say to Demetrius, is there no bourbon? What drinkest thou, Pierce? No scotch, no creme vette. No vintage wine, no. Aha. I see you. I see you, John Jameson's excellent pot still product, of which our Miss Pierce will miss not a jot or a tittle out of a bottle which I will tipple. Thank you, Miss Pierce. You have a regrettable habit of leaving hats on beds. But here's to you. Is meat and drink, not to mention pie in the sky. Je vous remercie, Miss Pierce. No, Mademoiselle Pierce out here remarked in his flawless French, flawless flinch. Eh, thank you. I will have another dollar for the same, Miss Pierce. You undelightful old bag, old sack, old cover sack. Arigato, Pierson, he remarked in flawless Japanese. <clears throat> and for this short snort, which will cure my hangover completely. <clears throat> short. I will say in my flawless double talk, Framus on the Scrivenay. Now, <clears throat> I will replace this somewhat. Attenuated bottle from which I have received back my body and my soul, reading from left to right. And before I retire into the stilly night, I will favor this large and intelligent audience with a selection from the Bard. Not Ben Bard, he is a comic. The Bard of Avon, situate by an odd coincidence hard by the banks of the River Stratford, or vice versa, as the case may be, in sunny England, which I will favor you with a large, jagged hunk of Shakespeare. Or as my ancient and deceased friend, what was his name in the shop, Sari, many, many years ago, was one to say, Jackespeare. Russian for Shakespeare. I crave your attention. Mr. John J. Catherine as Macbeth. Is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand? Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight? Or art thou but a dagger of the mind, a false creation proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain? I see thee yet in form as palpable as this which now I draw. 
The lights went out. Where's the lights? Miss Pierce, turn on the lights. Miss Pierce isn't here. Where's Miss Pierce? Yeah, I'm going to get out of here, Miss Pierce. You come in your nice house in the dark, find me here all full of your liquor. Yeah, where's the door? I can't find the door. I can't find... I... Where's the chair? Where's the door? Miss Pierce! Please, Miss Pierce! I'm lost again in the dark. Miss Pierce, this happened again. You did it to me this time, Miss Pierce. You put your hat on the bed and you made it dark in your house, too. Miss Pierce, I'm lost. This is no dream. Miss Pierce, where are you? Where am I? Where's the door? Here's the door. Where does it go? I, I know where this door goes. This is the door that... Miss Pierce, where does this door go? You put your hat on the bed, that's a sign of death, Miss Pierce, putting a hat on the bed. Where? Well, I can't see. I'm... Oh. oh, I know where I am now. Oh. oh, I was so scared. Never mind, Miss Pierce, I know where I am now. There's a chair. Hello, chair. There's a little table. Good evening, little table in the dark. I beg your pardon, table. And I'm all right now, Miss Pierce. I'll get out just as soon as I can find the door in the dark, Miss Pierce. Oh, how I hate Miss Pierce. I'm going. Oh, here's the bed, isn't it? The bed. The bed, Miss Pierce. That's where you threw your hat. Hat on the bed. Sign of death, old Miss Pierce. I guess I'll just lie down and take me a little rest. Why? Why, your hat's still here on the bed, Miss Pierce. Sign of death, Miss Pierce, leaving your hat on the bed. Sign of death for sure. Silly old Miss Pierce, leaving your hat on the bed. Why, Miss Pierce, you left your head inside your hat. Sheridan, as usual, music for Quiet Please is by Albert Berman. For a word about next week's Quiet Please, here is our writer-director, my good friend Willis Cooper. Okay, Bill? Thank you for listening to Quiet Please. Next week's story is called La Fille au Chevalier, The Girl with the Flaxen Hair. And so until next week, and La Fille au Chevalier. I am gladly yours, Ernest Chappell. makes a strong America. That's why each of us should work to rid our community of racial and religious prejudice. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
Create history with every stride at the LNT Sea Bridge Marathon, a unique opportunity for runners to conquer a course over the sea at the LNT Sea Bridge Marathon, a breathtaking 42-kilometer route on India's longest sea bridge. The Atal Bihari Vajpayee, Siri Nava Sheva Atal Setu, on 18th February, LNT Sea Bridge Marathon, in association with MMRDA and the Times of India, medical partner, Zainova Shalbi Multi-Specialty Hospital, protein partner, Way 91.